Warning, you never know what's going to pop out of our mouth. We may or may not use inappropriate language, but you, if you know us, you can guarantee we probably are. Warning. The most important thing, I think, about cyclic vomiting syndrome is just that we are talking about it and that we're recognizing that it exists. Um, this is a disorder that, when we catch it uh, early, is really very easy to diagnose, sometimes challenging to treat. Um, but if we miss it, it has incredible impact on the patients and really starts a whole snowballing um, of illness that, that make the patients uh, really develop a great deal of distress and, and become more difficult to treat as time goes on. What's up, what's up? I'm Sarah, the mother. And I'm Jewel, the daughter. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to What, what the, the F is Ladylike. Okay, we're gonna go do a COVID test. COVID Four test, you excited? For my procedure on Monday. Gotta get it done. Gotta get it done. Oh, need some masks. Do you have a mask? No. I'm not masked up, man. Oh, freaking wet. Okay. Oh, shit. This is the first time listening to us. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Welcome to our podcast. We are going to be discussing in parts. So you'll probably have multiple episodes to be catching up. We're only going to record a little bit at a time um, and put it out there. As we already talked about, the most popular podcast of 2022 was Jewel and her health. So we figured it's her birthday month. We're going to just record from the very, very beginning of her journey on her health. So Jewel was born January 4th. Before then, I was pregnant. I had a really normal pregnancy. I worked through my pregnancy. I should not have gotten pregnant. I didn't know that. I thought I couldn't get pregnant, but they said you you shouldn't get pregnant. I switched doctors. I had her stitched in me. I had a normal pregnancy. It was not bad at all until until Christmas uh, day. She wanted to come out, and she wasn't born until, supposed to be born until January 25th. And she wanted to come out on Christmas Day. And they were like, nay, 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 we got to slow this down. 
And that's the only part of the pregnancy that was a little off was she wanted to come out early on Christmas day. <laughs> so she was born, she was born and I brought her home. And the very first thing that was uh, different was she would projectile vomit and she projectile vomit. Like I'm talking like it would shoot out onto the walls everywhere. I ended up taking her into the doctor. They said that she had an extra muscle in her stomach and that she would grow out of it. They they had me stop breastfeeding her. They switched her over to this soy milk. Later on saying that she had an extra muscle in her stomach. And they're like, oh, well, you can continue to breastfeed. And I had dried up by then. Later on when she was a child... The only time that I noticed that she was get sick was if she ate too much sugar. And boy, did Jewel love sugar. She loved it so much. Which kid didn't love sugar or doesn't love sugar? And I was like, nay, 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 nay. You can't be eating that because you vomit. And then when she was in, was it middle school? I think it was middle school. She started developing um, cysts, Mm -hmm. and she would vomit. From then on, Jill can remember the rest of her health history. Yeah, I would say um, I'm pretty sure I got my period at the end of like elementary school, maybe the beginning of middle school, but I feel like it was like fifth grade, possibly sixth grade, but I'm pretty sure it was elementary school. And I was definitely a heavy bleeder, but I, I would always chalk it up be like, oh, that's normal. That's normal, normal. Everything was normal until they were noticing that my periods were a lot different than others and not for the purpose of not getting pregnant. They wanted me to try birth controls to regulate it and with the pain and all of this stuff. So I've tried just about every birth control except for the ones that have been inserted in you, like the ones on your arm or the ones that have been inserted in your uterus. I've tried every pill, patch. Actually, I had the NuvaRing, which so that was technically kind of inserted. The NuvaRing was probably the worst one that I ever was on for side effects. Um, They also tried to do which you learn when you're adult that this is horrible, but they tried the method to stop my periods and it would be like you take the pills and you skip your sugar pill week and you just continue taking, taking it, taking it. And it was supposed to stop your periods. It never stopped my periods. So it never did the normal thing that it was supposed to do to a girl. So I was, that was the only thing that they were kind of doing trial and method in because I was so young. So it was always birth control. My last final thing was the NuvaRing. I had really horrible side effects with that. I already, at the time, dealt with really, really bad depression. And they warn you about some of the side effects, but it was really hard. Like, it was, I was wanting to end my life. My early elementary years, before I even got my period, I was dealing with stuff home life not 
from my mother or anything, but um, they were thinking I had ADHD and um, like a concentrating type of disorder because I was all over the place. I was really hyper, couldn't concentrate on anything. They switched my diet. I remember I had to be on this kind of stricter diet where it was like less sugar, no sugar kind of thing. Um, where my teacher had my lunch so that way she would monitor what I was eating. I remember that. And there was a certain medication then that altered my brain thinking. And I was so young. I think I was either the same age as my daughter or maybe even younger. Now you were a little bit older. And I vaguely remember I confided in my brother and... I mean, he did the right thing, but I confided in my brother about certain emotions that I was feeling and that I wanted to kill myself. And he ran to my mom and said, like, basically, this is concerning me. She said this, this and this. And so I immediately stopped that medication. And that's sort of the kind of the same thing that happened with the Nuvering. It kind of did the same, it reminded me of the same emotions and that's why we've talked about we don't like a lot of medications because it's very mind altering. And so that was kind of for a while the last medications that I was given and taking and all that. Then I kind of just was. Let me add in there. They thought I was completely crazy. Like I'm like, no, you you have to stop this medication. No, And she ended up. Jill ended up going into counseling mm-hmm. um, like immediately and she had several sessions, but they kept on like I stopped that medication like immediately. Yeah. And I remember I wasn't just in counseling. I was like in certain psychology, like being a psychologist, all kind of every kind of mm-hmm. spectrum I was seeing all of them and for a while. Um, and they kind of, I think, discovered that I wasn't having ADHD. They were just saying, I, that's my reaction to trauma. Mm -hmm. And so, um, then, I mean, when I got to be in middle school, I'm pretty sure, or late elementary, I, um, changed things in my life, my personal life to where I wasn't having that bad stuff in my life anymore. I made that decision with you. I talked to you and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So we, I feel like noticed some improvements in my mental health with that. It's still troublesome to deal with, with the past, but I feel like I was getting better mentally. And then, like I said, I didn't have any kind of medication to help support my periods or anything. <clears throat> I had a really bad in about, I was like 15 years old. It was just my birthday and New Year's just happened. I remember this. We lived in Winlock. I had went to go to the bathroom. My period had started and I was, it was in the middle of the night and I was like, oh, you know, like everybody was like, oh, fuck my period. And then it just kept escalating super excruciating pain started feeling nauseous and then I started throwing up I was throwing up quite a few times 
And then I made it to where I kind of was trying to wake my mom up on her side of the bed. And then the rest of it was kind of a blur. They told me that I kind of just passed out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. She was on the side of my bed and then hit the floor. Mm -hmm. And so we rushed her to the closest hospital, which was to three cities away. It was like 30 minutes, 40 minutes away. Yeah. And they got her in and... But that was crazy in itself because what you guys told me was they tried to put me in a wheelchair and I couldn't even be upright. Right. Like I wasn't very coherent. So my dad's just sitting there holding me the whole time until they got me like a stretcher bed thing. And they got me in there right away. Come to find out I had a huge cyst that ruptured on my ovaries. And then um, I was in the hospital for a couple of days. And then I mustered up the courage to come down to Portland and celebrate my birthday. And I remember that my uncle made me a special cake that I loved and loaded it up with whipped cream. And it it, <laughs> it cheered me up. So that that I remember very well. Um, then we went to the doctors. And that is when they told me that I am a person who likely develops cysts all the time on my ovaries during my cycles or even off of my cycles. And they say it could be where I develop large ones where they don't rupture every single time on my period. So it builds up, builds up. Or there's just a bunch of little cysts. But she she did vomit every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So pretty much from then on, it was my periods were bad. Like it was like I was throwing up every single time. Then I had started my relationship with Simon I think three years into that relationship, he kind of knew the sensitive situation with my periods and all that, but I was 19 and I got pregnant with my first baby, Emma. I I was kind of in disbelief. I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, how? But, you know, if you do the deed, that is how. That's how you get pregnant. (laughs) And, um... I noticed, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like majority if you're like maybe 10, 15 percent women don't get morning sickness. I had the morning sickness. But after that hump, like when I got to probably the 10 week, 11 week mark, possibly as 12 weeks, I fucking was thriving. Like I felt so good. I didn't have that much pain. I was able to eat. Oh, I previously to me being pregnant. I do remember a situation when I was in college and I was on my period and I think either I had to call you or some other student that was there at the college or somebody had to call you to come pick me up because I was like, they're like, she's going to pass out. Yeah. So previously, but I was probably 18 between 19. It was in between that time. And and before Joel got pregnant also... Um, they tried to put her back on birth control mm-hmm. and I had like a a conversation with the doctor saying, no, we can't do this because um, she gets really bad depression. There's some sort of chemical imbalance yep. in her. And, and I said that immediately and I feel like the doctors looked at me like, you don't know what you're talking about, right. lady. You don't even know. You don't know. You're not a doctor. I'm the doctor. Well, and then at that time, they're like, oh, we got new birth controls for you to try and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. 
it all to me is the same. Um, even they tried me on the lowest dose of birth control and I still, I, it is not, it is not for a lot of people who have extreme, really bad mental health. It triggers so much more. But yeah, I had a really bad episode time in college that I remember. I think it was right before I got pregnant and I, I was in culinary school, so I'm dealing with food. And so it was just, I was nauseated. I was not doing very well at all. And then, you know, get, get pregnant. And like I said, I was feeling tremendously better with being pregnant. There was kind of this gap where it was like from that 11, 12 week mark to probably 30 weeks, I was feeling great. But then I had pregnancy stuff that wasn't my normal stuff that I was dealing with. Mainly my children are freaking huge. <laughs> and so my um, daughter, they kept saying, oh, she's only going to be, she's going to be little. She's not going to be that big, blah, 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 blah. Even to, I think the day before or even same day that I gave birth to her, they did an ultrasound. She's like, yeah, maybe max seven pounds. That girl weighed nine pounds. She weighed nine fucking pounds. I was like, y'all lied to me. But that birth, um, you know, I feel like for a lot of people's first, you don't ever really, you need to plan for it, but you don't ever expect that you're going to have an emergency C-section. So I was only getting to seven centimeters dilated. I think that's the max I ever could get. My heart was going down. My daughter's heart rate was going down. There was no way we could keep trying to push further. So I had to do an emergency C-section. And that in itself kind of traumatized me for a little while because I started hemorrhaging. Luckily, she was okay. The only thing that was wrong with her was that she had poop in her mouth because she was so huge so everything was squishing her and so her poop went in her mouth but Simon my partner he was sucking out the poop she luckily had nothing she was perfect nothing wrong with her but a lot of things happened to me that were wrong I started bleeding out which that's what hemorrhaging is I lost a lot of blood pretty much a year after my partner confessed that he thought I was gonna die right yeah. then and there he is like I you like I saw the light go out of you. He said I think right before she had come out, he said, "Well, and before then, I was already in so so much stress already to my body and her body that I was already kind of in and out of it." <clears throat> but pretty much right before she came out, he said that he's like I didn't think you were going to make it. He was he he looked over, he said there was a lot of blood. Um, and so that was kind of scary. They wheeled me back and uh, I had to have two bags of blood. And that was, I had to, I, they, I could have had more, but they said, you need this two bags to survive. Like if you don't have this, you could die. And so I was like, okay, I was like, if I don't need to have any, because it freaked me out so bad that I had to have them cover the blood so I couldn't see it going inside my body. <clears throat> so yeah, I had two bags of blood. 
they recommended me having more, but they said I could survive with two. And I think you, it took a little while for you guys to be able to come back and see me because of that. That whole thing really was traumatizing. They kind of a little bit later and those doctors there were kind of wishy-washy and thinking that that's when they discovered that I had hemophilia because I didn't have my blood was not clotting. I just kept bleeding out. But she didn't get diagnosed with that yet. No, but they had suspicions. And so they wanted me to see a doctor, but I didn't. Um, so that kind of scared me away from not wanting to have any more kids until you have kids and you have a kid and then you're just there to some, some people don't want kids and that's totally okay. But for me, I've always wanted kids. I love kids and having my daughter grow up and get a little older. I was like, I, I want another one of these things. They're, they're fucking awesome. I didn't have a period for almost a whole year because I was breastfeeding. Some people it, that's not the case, but I was breastfeeding, so I didn't have a period for that whole year. It was fucking amazing. And then I had my first period. And that was when I had moved away. Simon got a new job up north in Spokane. All hell started happening. Um, that's when it was consistently... Every single period I was throwing up and it was excruciating pain and it was horrible. Um, How many episodes do you think that you had in Spokane in the beginning? Um, less than now, for sure. Besides this year, this previous year, because I've been controlling some stuff. But it was a lot of episodes where it was like kind of unknown what was going on. I feel like to me it was less severe because there was still things I was able to do that I'm not able to do now that triggers my cyclic vomiting. And so like I think for a good solid year, like after my daughter was born, that's I I was 20 but then I turned 21. And then I was able to drink. I didn't, and not not that that's a huge thing, but I was able to have alcohol. And even in Spokane, I was able to have alcohol. And then alcohol ended up starting to trigger it. Yeah. My periods always was associated with triggering. I think it was pain association, the cysts that I had that would rupture. So I had quite a few. Well, before we, we jump too far ahead, so... Would you go to the hospital? I remember you having to go to the hospital in Spokane. But was that during the time, you know, Emma was a baby before you got pregnant with Jackson? Sometimes I wouldn't go to the hospital because at the time I didn't know what, what it was or what was going on. So sometimes I'd be like, oh, you, is this from food I ate? Am I just coming down with some sort of viral infection? Yeah. So sometimes I would just kind of write it out and it it wouldn't be as bad as it's become where I was constantly, I was able to get myself to stop. But I would say throughout the, because I shortly, I think probably, I got pregnant with Jackson in 2018. 
between 2016 and 17, I feel like I wasn't going to the hospital every single month, but probably five times in the year. In the year. Yeah. So when you would go into the hospital, what would they do in the in Spokane to try and get you to stop vomiting? And what would they say to you? Um, a lot of times it was trying to make sure I was hydrated. Every single time has always been, I would always be dehydrated from throwing up. I think a lot of people normally get dehydrated from throwing up. When I would get there, they would always ask me my pain level, my nauseous level. So they would always kind of do a roundabout of combo of certain pain medicines and nauseous medicine. And I believe Spokane is where I got introduced to what I'm still continuing using now is promethazine. Um, But it wasn't introduced to me as a pill. It was suppositories Mm -hmm. because I could not, at that time, it was really hard for me to eat, take a lot of pills. They also, at that time in Spokane during these episodes, they tried another type of birth control a low dose hormone birth control to try and control my periods again. And I tried it for probably a month or two. And they also tried to have me on an antidepressant that is supposed to help with periods. Horrible side effects. Increased my episodes, increased my pain. I started feeling like shit. So both of those I stopped. At one point, before Jackson was born, when I think it was when you were pregnant with Emma, didn't they tell you you had added hormones or more hormones during that time? Yeah. So when I was pregnant with Emma, I, I started um, lactating at 20 weeks pregnant. I remember sitting on the couch with you and Michelle, <laughs> and I looked down and my shirt is just soaked and i'm like what the fuck is going on and then i put my head down in my shirt and i'm like i'm leaking out of my boobs and i didn't know what the fuck it was and i'm like i'm leaking so much i'm leaking leaking and then you guys because you guys been pregnant before you guys you're lactating that that's your milk (laughs) you're lactating well at the time it's not really milk it's colostrum whatever the frick it's called but i was lactating and I kept looking, I was like, is this normal, guys? You guys were like, no, 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 no not, <laughs> not really. You're not supposed to lactate either like right before you give birth or right after. I was like, what the fuck? So when I seen my doctor, they were like, well, you're a milk producing machine. You, they're like, you have a shit ton of hormones. And it could have been the increase of being pregnant with a girl or it was me, myself, and I, where I just produced a shit ton of hormones. And I was like, what the fuck? This is fucked up. Because nobody else in the family ever experienced this. And because you'd think it would be something that happened to some other woman in our family. No, grandma didn't have that happen. Nobody else had that happen. And so, no, just me. I'm just a rare, rare case all around. So just to recap, so... You started um, in, in Spokane. They were, were they were chalking up to your your period, right? The vomiting. Yeah, my periods and 
a lot of the times when I would go in there, they would few things. They would think I'm crazy. They would think that I'm having like a manic episode or also I'm a druggie. And, and that's what was happening in Spokane. Mm-hmm. And so there was no ever brought up that this was cyclic vomiting. A lot of, I mean, and I think back then it was still not discussed a lot, even though even now it's still not discussed a lot. But back then for sure it was, it was just like, mm, her period, she's depressed and you know, all this stuff is, all those things are whatever. I remember, um, it being really hard for you to get pregnant with Jackson. It was, I believe, um, me and my partner, we had, it's not a one person show. So you have to have a discussion with your partner if you want to have another baby. So we talked and we were like, are we ready to have another baby? We both kind of agreed to at a certain point when it would be ready for us, but I needed to go get checked out to make sure I was healthy, good enough to get pregnant. I went in and was told that it was better for me to get pregnant sooner than later. And I was like, why? And they're like telling me reasons for my uterus, my ovaries, all this kind of stuff. Um, things weren't looking good in that situation. And so I was like, okay. So then we, we came home after that appointment and was like, okay, well, are we ready to start? And we started... Um, I believe in the beginning of 2017, maybe late 2016. And you think because I was like, I got pregnant real easy with my first one. It wasn't that hard. So we just kind of just did it all the time, tried to get pregnant. And it was not happening for a good, solid year. And... The beginning, pretty much December, beginning of January, I I had the best doctor, I feel like. Her, I think her name was Jade Hennings. She's in Spokane, so if any of you guys are in there, she's great. She's gets to you in like a great personal level where she was just awesome. She was telling me, I think previously, a little bit before January, she was telling me to track my ovulation and to try. I tried that. It wasn't happening for me. So then she started tracking my periods for me. We went to the doctor, went to see her. She looks at the calendar and she's like, you guys need to try and conceive this and this day. I had I had a two-day window. I, we did it that January. And then February, I always came down to visit my parents pretty much almost every month. I could not stand not being I couldn't be away from them that long so I was down here in Portland and I remember I was talking to my sister-in-law I was like my boobs are hurting uh-huh. and I wasn't getting my period and I, but the first insinuation I was like my boobs I'm like usually that's the case for a lot of women when they get pregnant they're like your boobs start getting hurt, hurt like hurt and so I was like this this ain't normal this isn't like period normal stuff so I was like I, th- I think I'm pregnant and I was like I don't want to get my hopes up but I think I'm pregnant I talked to you and I was like you guys need to bring me home pregnancy tests. Like I need pregnancy tests. I need to check. You guys brought me home like a ton of pregnancy tests and it came up positive. 
I was like, I'm fucking pregnant. And I couldn't believe it. I was away from Simon. But me and Simon, usually we can't keep secrets from each other for a long time. So I couldn't keep it from him. And so I remember we did this big, huge, kind of elaborate, cute thing where you painted my belly all blue. And because that was like my intuition, like I wanted a boy. And I would have been, I would have been happy with either. But um, I remember we did this cute like photo and like we FaceTimed him, but it was kind of like, he wouldn't have the best reception. It was kind of, but I feel he, like he didn't even pay attention to what the hell we were talking he, about. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't at first. And we were like, I was like, I'm pregnant. And he was like, what? He was, he, we were both shocked and surprised. <laughs> and like, it was very emotional for both of us. So we cried. It was very emotional because we, tr- we were trying very, very hard. Um, and it's not, for some people, it's not that easy to, to have, have that happen. And so luckily got pregnant with Jackson and we found, I found out that February it was right after Simon's birthday. So I feel like it was like a good birthday present to, to Simon. Then it's kind of same situation happened because I was skin and bones by the time I got pregnant with Jackson. Um, There's a photo that Simon had gotten of me before I was pregnant. It was that Christmas and I was wearing a red shirt, pants, and you could just see it. Like I was skinny, skinny. And I'm pretty sure that I was under a hundred pounds at this point. That was more better feeling than I even had with Emma because it wasn't as bad when I got pregnant with Emma. So with Jackson, I got pregnant and I, I didn't have a whole lot of morning sickness. I had my normal pukey kind of thing, but I think it was shorter than with Emma. I started feeling great again. I freaking could put down some food and that wasn't normal. My, that wasn't my regular normal. And so I was thriving, thriving, thriving. Then a little bit this time before 30 weeks, I was having a quite a few heart complications like wherever I whenever I was walking doing any any activity my heart rate was elevated and there was a point in time when I even passed out on the couch from my heart being elevated and um that was only one time though but I had to be very very careful I believe I was about 34 weeks almost 35 weeks when you had to come up and live with us because I couldn't do any I couldn't even pick up my own kid um it was a miserable time for me I was going through it and Jackson what yeah I mean I came in and I feel like I lived there I worked at the at I had to I had to buy a dining table so (laughs) I could work and I stayed there until Jackson was born yeah this was a planned C-section due to my last situation. And I think we had it scheduled already and everything, all this stuff scheduled and we had a, pl- we had a plan. Jackson was like, no, no, that's not the plan, guys. He's like, I'm coming out. <laughs> he, he was born at 37 weeks. But even that was a little troublesome. I uh, went to the hospital early that morning. Yep. 
I even think before 37 weeks, we went to one of my doctor's visit and she started, uh, she started going into labor. Well, I believe one of my doctor's visits before the 37 week mark, they even said I was started to dilate already. I was like dilated to one centimeter. But you could be dilated for fucking ever and not still get birth. Anybody who's had babies, you know this. But I went to the hospital and I I was having contractions and I was telling we timed them because we had to make sure that you you didn't want to go to the hospital unless it was time. Go there. I wasn't my regular doctor. I had a, a different male doctor. They sent me home because I wasn't in active labor. I was in labor, but I wasn't in active labor there there's a little slight difference we were home for only a well we we weren't home very long yeah we were home for only a couple hours and and i get a call from my doctor and she's like why the hell why the hell did you go home i was like because i was told to i they told they kicked me out they told me to go home and wait till i was in active labor and she's like you need to get your ass she didn't cuss at me but she's like you need to get back here now like as soon as you can i was like okay yeah at this point now simon's at work mm-hmm. i have emma mm-hmm. and so uh, here we go back to the hospital yes so i get get back there she checks me out and she goes you're in labor she's like you're in labor he's trying to come out basically she's told me up to this point she's like this cannot happen like you cannot be going into labor because if i was to try and have him it would have been very like very very hard on my body like naturally like lethally like deadly for either me or jackson so they had to give me a medication to slow it down a little bit i remember that that shit burned and it hurt well yeah so she gave the option she's like well this is either gonna go one way or the other Mm -hmm. she kicked me out of the hospital hoping jill would get rest yeah so this medication was either supposed to slow my contractions down. It was like she said, it was going to go one way or other. So they're going to slow my contractions down or kick it into gear. Whereas like, you're going to go into more labor. Yeah. Jackson was like, no bitches, I'm coming. Like he <laughs> is sped up the process. And she's like, shit, this is go." Like she came back and she's like, this is go time. You're, you're, you're in labor. We, we got to We got to get in there fast and so we call simon we're like you need to get your ass to the hospital it's happening (laughs) and so the thing that only slowed it down was they were waiting for my blood because of the situation i had with emma they needed to make sure that i had blood on standby that was the only thing that slowed it up and then simon i think got there right before they had got my blood it was it was all craziness happened back and forth back and forth um but got the blood this in itself i'll tell you what they told me after birth but this in itself made 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 it in my brain i was like i'm never having kids again like this is it for me i am blessed i'm lucky i got my two bait this is this is great they had to because I wasn't going to be doing a vaginal birth, so I didn't need an epidural. I needed a spinal tap. Those things fucking suck. They have to numb your back before, and they couldn't get it done quickly. It was the third time was the charm. You have to have your back hunched in a certain position, and every time they put the needle in my back to numb it, I kept arching back. 
it fucking hurts. How do you I mean? It's your natural body reaction. So then there was all the nurses and all the people hunching my back for me. And then eventually they got it in. And I, I remember that feeling. I remember it all to this day. And I'm like, fuck that. Never want to do that again in my whole entire life. Then <clears throat> um, Simon goes in there after they get it in there. And this time I was more coherent. I was there way more. They, this was what was fucked up. I was the mom, right? I'm giving birth. They were like, do you want a clear, clear thing to be able to see everything happening? I said, fuck no. I don't want to see shit. I am good. Nope. Good. Nope. Don't need to see that. Simon's like, I do. So they did like a 50, 50 where half of it, I was aware because I was laying down. I couldn't see anything half of it it was clear simon could see everything and he got tons of this time he was more prepared let first time he was I traumatized he, he, was, he was traumatized i think he was gonna pass out but he sat down and he was good but this time he knew what was to expect and to happen so he was taking fucking photos you yeah. could see the blood and glory everything of him coming out more it, it was he was more on point on this one everything was great up until the point after he Jackson was born, I even got to hold him. The moment I started holding him, my heart stuff started yeah. increasing and happening. And so they had to wait until they saw on the monitor that I was in heart distress before they can give me any heart medication. They gave it to me. Once they gave that to me, that's when I got all loopy and was kind of out of it. And with him, we got very lucky. They had Nick U on standby because it was I was thirty seven weeks. They were expecting us. They were expecting a small baby. He wasn't so small. No. So I honestly I don't blame my side of it. I blame Simon. It is all Simon's fault. Um, he was eight fucking pounds. So I'm imagining if I really went to forty weeks, how big was this boy gonna get? And luckily, his weight. Saved him from going into the NICU. I would love to say everything came out perfectly with him, but he had a couple complications. He had a blood sugar problem to where he had to switch from my breast milk to formula back and forth, back and forth. He also came out more swollen. His eyes were, if you saw pictures of him, he was red and kind of swollen shut. And they were like that pretty much. Up until almost the day he came home. Other than that, he never was having to be taken away from us. The downfall was he kept having to get his blood checked all the time. Even when, after he was born, came home and went to the doctor, he was still getting his blood checked. Luckily, we, as parents, we did a great job and got his blood sugars up and he was a perfect baby. Um, he, he also did not have, I was so happy. Both of my babies didn't have any jaundice, which jaundice is very common in babies. None of my babies had it. The day he came home again, mom's not doing good, which is me. Um, I ended up getting mastitis. I was running a fever. We didn't know it was mastitis at the time, but I was running a fever and he was born in October, so this is prime time sick season, right? Yeah, and it was snowing on the ground. Yes. So um, I had to leave my newborn fucking baby. I had to make sure I had enough breast milk at home. And luckily, I think I had just enough until I came home for him to survive. 
but I had to leave my brand new newborn baby at home, which I feel like moms, you know, the feeling that you have attachment to your newborn babies. I have attachment to my babies still to this day, but just freshly came out of me. I had to leave him, go to a hospital where there was a bunch of sick fucking people. You can, my dad took me sick people. My dad was basically trying to protect me from them. He was like having me sit as far away as possible. The wait, wait was forever and um, end up that I had mastitis, which is a clogged milk dug. You have, and it was treated with antibiotics and warm compression and breastfeeding all the fucking time and pumping out all my milk because I was engorged and filled with milk. Because remember her hormones. Yeah. So that sucked. That was fucking painful. And I don't think it went away for a good week or two. I I was thinking, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to not have my period. I'm breastfeeding, right? Nope. I fucking got my period right the fuck away. He wasn't even a month old and I got my period and all hell broke loose. And all hell broke loose. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about really what everything Jewel had just went through. It, it doesn't even come close to what was to come. Mm-hmm. So until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jewel. Peace. Ladylike is produced by us. Our theme song is by Comeback Karma. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs>